prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, two great actors, two great conversations, Claire Foy and Zasha Mamet. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. And yes, it's another episode filled to the brim with talent. I'm not talking about myself. You can, you can argue that to your heart's content, but you can't argue the talent of Zasha Mamet and Claire Foy. Uh, so first up, we're going to have a little chat with Claire. It's a, it's, a, it's a smaller chat than usual, but we just chatted with her. And by we, I mean me and my multiple personalities, apparently, uh, about six months ago. She's back on the podcast again, though, because I can't pass up a, an opportunity to catch up with Claire because she's just a delight. That sound you hear, by the way, it's not my grumbling stomach for a change. It's my it's my Lucy. It's my beloved dog who is staring at me right now. And I will be walking momentarily. Lucy, I have to tell them what's on the podcast. OK, OK. Oh, did you hear that? Oh, guys. Okay, I'm going to make this quick because she's sad. She needs her, she needs her, her walk. All right. So <laughs> where was I? Uh, Claire Foy. She is in a very British scandal right now. It is on Amazon Prime. It's a three-part miniseries, Her and Paul Bettany, based on true events. Suffice it to say, this is a bit of a toxic relationship that her and Paul are depicting here, uh, but it is filled with great performances as always. And most importantly, my catch-up with Claire includes, speaking of dogs, a reveal of her dog, her first dog, at least as an adult. We teased this in the last conversation, and sure enough, she got a dog for her beloved child. So anyway, uh, that's always a fun catch-up. Uh, Claire Foy is up first. Later on, our bigger conversation for the episode this week is with Zasha Mamet, who's somebody who, as I said to her, I feel like I know, but I didn't actually know. Um, maybe I've met her on a carpet or two, but certainly never had this kind of conversation. Uh, you know her, of course, most uh, significantly from girls, uh, but she's been working her entire adult life. Um, she, of course, comes from a very talented family. Her mom, Lindsay Krauss, a very t talented actor. Her dad, one of the great playwrights, writers of our time, David Mamet. Um, and now Zasha is starring in The Flight Attendant on HBO Max, a show I've greatly enjoyed. It's in season two right now. Her and Kaylee Cuoco. Um, it's a bit of everything. It's a bit of action, adventure, comedy, sex, romance, thrillers. Um, it's a good old-fashioned potboiler. Do we call it that? I don't know. All I know is it's very entertaining, and so is Zasha. So um, you'll hear uh, in this conversation, she is a, a fun a fun personality to chat with, a classy lady, as I called her. Um, so that's on. That's all in this week's epi episode. Claire Foy, Zasha Mamet, all for the bargain price of zero dollars and zero cents. Um, other things to mention. Okay, I think I can say this. If I can't, what are they going to do? Fire me? I am about to go out to San Diego, guys, to host a carpet that I'm honestly so psyched to do. Uh, red carpets can be silly and stupid and whatever, and sometimes I'm like, eh, whatever. This one, I'm legit psyched for. Guys, I'm hosting for MTV the official live stream for Top Gun Maverick. It's going to be on an aircraft carrier. It's going to be in San Diego. It's going to be gigantic and bananas, and I can't wait. Um, soon enough, you guys will see me and Tom Cruise who just always does it right <laughs> when it comes to publicity. I have traveled the world for Tom Cruise. I have been to Dubai for Tom Cruise. I've been to Vienna and Paris. This man has brought me so much great travel in my life. And while San Diego is not Vienna or Paris or Dubai, um, this one 
I think is going to be special, not to jinx it. Uh, at the very least, it supports a movie. And look, yeah, I'm supporting the movie. I'm being paid to, I guess, to support the movie in a way. But I wouldn't say this if I didn't mean it. I freaking love Top Gun Maverick. I, I love it. <laughs> I had so much fun watching this movie, guys, and I think I'm allowed to say that now. I saw it recently. I had a grin on my face from start to finish as soon as the music started, that familiar music, the familiar opening crawl. Oh, man, hit me in all the right nostalgic areas. And I think it will play for folks that haven't seen the original. Um, Tom's awesome in it. Glenn Powell, Miles Teller, John Hamm, Jennifer Connelly. There is some Val Kilmerage in there. Um, so yes. Uh, and I, yes, I just used Val Kilmer as an adjective. Val Kilmerage. I don't know. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited, as you can tell. Uh, more to come on that. I'll be spreading the good word on my social media on how to watch it. I believe it's going to be streaming uh, on YouTube. And of course, I'm sure you'll be able to see it after the fact in clips. And believe me, if you follow me on social media, you won't be able to avoid my uh, Top Gun Maverick adventure. So that's coming up soon. I've got some uh, Doctor Strange excitement coming up soon. I uh, haven't seen the film yet, but I have seen about 20 minutes of it, which looks suitably Sam Raimi-ish and wild. Uh, can't wait to see the finished product there and catch up with Benedict. Um, so yeah, a lot of cool stuff coming. It's May, guys. We're getting into it. Getting into the summer movie season and all the crazy... TV that just keeps on coming. Uh, Stranger Things, I should mention too. Stranger Things, keep your eye out for some fun stuff that I'm doing for that one. Okay, that's all for now. I gotta go walk my dog. Uh, Lucy's waiting for me. She's staring at me, uh, and I can't deny her her afternoon walk. Um, first up, you're gonna hear Claire Floyd. A little bit later on, you're gonna hear Zasha Mamet. It's go, gonna go from one to the other seamlessly through the magic of editing. Um, so I'll tease first all off later on the episode, Zasha Mamet, remember to see The Flight Attendant on HBO Max right now. But first up, she is one of our spirit animals. We know her, we love her. She is always welcome here. It's Claire Foy. Claire, are you ready for our next session? Oh God. <laughs> like therapy it is this is checking about, in every few months i was gonna say about every four six months we check in with each other to make sure any ailments any mental <laughs> or physical problems i am not equipped to help you in any way but if there's anything you want to get off your chest it's just so good to have an ear like someone who's there to listen i care i, find. I care i'm here yeah. for you um i mean we you're were... very expensive <laughs> yes let's not talk about that don't scare off the other guests <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just saying, I'm very sad. I'm starting to take it personally. I feel like now it's like specifically you're trying to avoid me in person. You were in my neck of the woods in New York and somehow it just didn't happen and whatever, let's just get past it. That's, I guess this is just our relationship now in Zoom boxes. It's fine. It's okay. I mean, I presume that's like my people, your people, because I would have loved to have seen you, but I don't know. This seems like a big, big TV and movie star hiding behind other people <laughs> <laughs> saying, yeah. don't That's let me, me hear that man. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's get let's get the important stuff out of the way. A progress report. Oh, okay. um, is there okay. is there a dog in, in the life of there's a dog here right now? Do you want to see her? I do. Come here. Look cute. Look cute. <laughs> He or she is looking cute. Oh my God, what's the name? Thank you, darling, sorry. I mean, can I tell you her name? I'm not sure. Seriously? This is how private you are I now? I don't know. You... 
Well, I don't, well, Trump, I mean, into that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Is it, can you say gender? Is this a little girl? <laughs> this is so weird that I'm not telling you the name of my dog. It is weird. I'm not going to obsess it over it. It is weird, it, isn't it? It's a little weird. It's I know, okay. but I've just, I, I can't, let's not get into it, but it's like, Okay. Yeah. I okay. mean, I feel like maybe now I need to be more careful about what I let out there. <laughs> Apparently. Well, because last when yeah. last we spoke, you were, I, I wouldn't say you were debating the dog, but you were, you professed that you hated all animals and that you were finally <laughs> reluctantly getting the dog for your child. So have you come around? Are you picking up the poo? Are you seeing oh. the merits of, of doggy life? Yes. The first two weeks were, um, hellish really uh and you know in comparison to the amount of privilege I have and, and what's happening in the world small fry but it was you know biblical for me I think <laughs> I didn't realize that they, like having a child was um hard work but you know the love is so overwhelming that basically you know you can right. you know you, you, you see why you're doing it. But because I basically got the dog for my child, I suddenly hated everyone and everything, especially the dog. Um, yeah, it was a lot. A lot of love coming my way from the dog. A lot of, you know, neediness following me around. The whole poo and wee situation was just completely overwhelming. I'd never had a dog, you see. Right. So I'm making it sound like it's a real plot. Yeah, a novelty, like but... you're the first person ever to... <laughs> So yeah. they, they I don't know whether, they, know whether they, anyone out there has a dog. Uh, <laughs> but you're through the, you're through, just, you're through the dark never... part. You're through the... You, oh, yeah. Okay. Relatively, okay. it's short. You've got a dog, haven't you? I do. And 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 I, unlike you, didn't go through... I, I, well, there was. Um, she was a rescue, and she went through a humping our legs phase. Uh, she was humping pillows. It's oh, quite nice. Yeah, well, I mean, in some ways, I mean, you take what you can get, right? I mean, come on. So... <laughs> But but she was so aggressive. She was so aggressive Ooh. with my wife, especially like really. It was it was alarming. I'm sure my that's wife the thing, really isn't it? Because you basically have your setup, and then you welcome something into it, yeah. And you feel like you're somehow entitled to a positive response, right? <laughs> right. And then you realize it's also a creature which has its own opinion and feelings and thoughts, and yeah, that's yeah. Well, yeah. we're, we're all out of time for today. Thanks so much. No, just kidding. <laughs> Here's the other update. You, you've, caused, you've caused strife on the podcast because last time you were here, you chose your comfort movie, When Harry Met Sally. We had a lovely a chat about it. And I just recently yeah. had the great actress, Elizabeth Moss, who wanted to select When Harry Met Sally. And I had to inform her that it had already been taken. And it, it like existential crisis she had been dreaming oh my god so she had to pivot so i'm just gonna say if you happen upon the next you know emmy globe oscar shindig and you see elizabeth moss eyeing you from across the room there's baggage there we've got previous i can i will apologize and say i'm so very sorry <laughs> for that right. she can have it she can have it wow. i'll think of something else no 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 you, you already have, she, she she went the other way she went to gravity she did a different kind of comfort movie. It's wow. Yeah. I'm just amazed that I'm the first person. I mean, I can't, yeah. I can't quite fathom that I'm the first person who's 
who's said that. You're a groundbreaker. Let's, <laughs> let's, speaking, yeah. of, let's speaking of When Harry Met Sally, we talked a lot about mm. romantic films and romantic subject matter. And here you are with the romance of the year, um, a very British scandal. Oh, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So this, so this, you were talking about at the time, you were like, oh, I love romances. I like to, you know, I'd love to be in more, whatever. And then what does it say about you that you found this kind of like screwly, uh, screwly, that's a new word, uh, truly screwed up relationship. Like this might be the most dysfunctional relationship I've seen depicted on screen in some time. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, well, I, obviously, I don't know how to make myself happy, Josh. Um, right. That's my problem. <laughs> right. No, I think I love watching romantic comedies and I love a good romance. And I've been in a few yeah. um, fictional ones, which have been really lovely to live in those for a bit. But ultimately, it's the really awful stuff, the gritty stuff that, you know, you want to do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I would be terrible in a romantic, I'd just be awful in a romantic comedy. I would just would not be able to. I'm um, not so much keep it together, but just be, you know, whimsical and, and right. you know, lovable and, <laughs> you know, you know, like, for example, a great romantic comedy, um, 500 Days of Summer. 500 Days of Summer? Yeah, that's it. So, no, is that right? Yeah. You yeah. Got it. And it's a great one. Yeah. Like, um, she's incredible in that. Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. You got I feel it. like I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> the it. dog. You're good. Um, like she's just so like, uh, it just. I mean, you could watch her forever. Yeah. I could not. I just that is not my wheelhouse, as they I say. I don't know. I'm I, much I... more sad, misery, <laughs> like torment, um, problems to solve. And that but I do. I see, there is this constant where even if you're doing the sad torment, you're always finding the right screen partner to kind of diffuse the situation. Oh, yeah. Again. You, you're just killing it. You're killing it. You got Bettany really this lucked time. out with my with my with my guys. I know. So I I, I got to think I like the disparity between what you're depicting and what's happening as soon as cut happens is pretty significant. Knowing that Paul is just like a gentleman, an absurd person, much like all of your other co-stars we've waxed <laughs> rhapsodic about. It's like all male actors. Um, well, absurd person element. Oh no, he's just the best person alive. Um, oh my God, yeah. And we, I think for Paul as well, I'm speaking for him. I think he was away from home. It was COVID. So he had to isolate for two weeks. Right. I think there must've been a huge amount of like, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, and now I'm right. playing this sort of really terrible man with a really sort of terrible woman you know and I but but really luckily I think because it was quite a complicated thing to shoot um just for lots of like legal reasons and stuff I hadn't really done anything like that before where you know there were so many su surviving relatives and like the legal side of telling a true story the right. things I've done which are true stories before have been based on a novel so you or like a um you know a, a memoir in some way so you've got that sort of backup if anyone tries to sue you um but this was so much based on her life and their life that that it, there was so much moving around of the script and things like that. And Paul had to leave. He only did six weeks. I say only. Oh, no um, it probably felt like an eternity. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in that time, we both just re I think realized that we were the he was going to get make the days 
joyful for me yeah. basically and also like as a support like I just anything that he wanted to try or was interested in or anything that I wanted to try or was interested in, or support that we needed with like changes to the script or um anything like that we just had each other's back so um and he just makes me laugh so much and we've got a really terrible um I've noticed this when we were doing press like instinct for naughtiness which is just not um advisable Oh, it is. No, it's, no. It, it is. <laughs> no, it's really like career ending. <laughs> what, what's more difficult? Of, yeah. I was gonna say, what's more difficult to depict? Um, a laughing montage in a film or a sexy time montage in a oh, film? So closely related in their awfulness. Um sexy time montage. It's got it's gotta take the biscuit. Yeah. Laughing I mean, is really difficult to to Laughing is really difficult. Yeah. I know that's stupid. No, no, I totally... <laughs> it's yeah. really difficult to act, for it to be genuine, and also realise that, you know, I, I basically realised later, too late on, that my character should probably have a different laugh to me. Um, but then I'm like, well, it's, it's, you know, what am I going to do now? I mean, I either laugh genuinely or right. I don't yeah. laugh at all. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis always does a different laugh for every character. He always decides. No, oh, of course he does. I bet he, no, he does. I, one day I will. I must have done different laughs. Why would you, that seems like a, a, a bridge too far. Like why, that doesn't seem necessary. You don't need to actually alter like the I cadence of a life. you do if you're an actor. I think that's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Alter every facet of yourself into someone else. Oh, I guess this is why I do what I do. Okay. Let okay. Side, I've let okay. the side down. <laughs> Um, but I haven't, mercifully, I haven't played many people who laugh. <laughs> it's never been necessary before. <laughs> do you get so, to keep, do you get to keep the portraits of yourself in, in the, in the films there? You've, you've been in a number of projects, film and TV projects where there are these like really ornate, beautiful portraits of Claire Foy as her character. Do you have, I'm, I, strange women. <laughs> I imagine your home just filled with gorgeous portraits of yourself. No, <laughs> there is, there's, I, I wonder about those people who do actually genuinely have portraits made of themselves. Because when I walked into the room in British Scandal and there was a portrait of me that this incredible artist had painted, I just felt mortified. And also that sort of thing of like, is that what I look like? Oh my God. Um, is that how someone sees me? Oh my God. You know. Um, and where does it end up? If not in your place, who's got it? In a in a fire somewhere, hopefully. No. <laughs> no, it just gets reconstituted, doesn't it? You just paint over it and put someone else on oh, there. As I pan the camera over and you see it on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reveal. Where do all those portraits go? This is why she doesn't see me in person. <laughs> God, you, yeah, that would be very strange. How many press tours do you have to do where you're sitting side by side where an actor is asked a thousand questions about a Marvel project you have no idea about and you don't give a shit about and you've never seen and you don't understand and you just have to sit there? <laughs> this is the constant in your life. You're words in my mouth. Well, is, okay, yeah. maybe not the give a shit about, but you are, it's not your milieu. Why is that? Why have I not been asked? Um, I, no, but I, I, I suppose it's a whole world that I'm not involved in. Many things like, you know, I don't know, motor racing is not really something that I watch or right. ever. 
you know, it's just something that's basically passed me by as a cultural phenomenon because I wasn't paying attention. I think probably it was like a a year when I had a lot on or something. Sure. And once that passed, I never quite got in. Right. I do, and that is not to say I I would love to get involved. I just feel like now there's so far to go with it. It's like people who never watch Game of Thrones and they're like, "There's eight series. What am I going to do?" Right. I'm like, "It will fly by." I'm going to watch One Division. I will watch One Division. You should. I will. You should. I should. You I also probably... need to see Morbius. I, I also say, need how many to times see, see Morbius? Doctor Strange. <laughs> like, there's a lot you see. It's, it's too much. It's too much. Um, At least these yeah, are films. These are not twelve-hour series. These are not like yes. So, so you've never done you've ne- you've never done the comic book media. You've never even come close to a comic book project. I can't understand that. No, of course I haven't. I told you I don't do joyful. I do misery. <laughs> I'm sure there, there are plenty of miserable That's where I book. sit. Is there room for misery in the Marvel universe? You have I a really depressed annoyed, superhero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, middle-aged woman who sits at home, <laughs> hates her own dog. <laughs> then that's me, guys. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I, don't think you, I don't think you've been on a set since we last spoke. You've been, you've been raise, raising the child and the dog, presumably. Are you? <laughs> yes. When did we last speak? About last year. Six months ago, I would say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I haven't. Have I? No, I haven't. Okay. Do you know what's what the next? Yeah. I know. I know we got the Sarah Polly film, which we discussed a little bit last time, and I assume, judging by the pedigree, that's hopefully going to be a nice fall awardsy type thing, which I'm really psyched about. Um, but mm. do you know the next the next gig? No, I mean, there's lots of um, things that I'm like involved very sorry it suddenly got really noisy I think someone's got music on outside I apologize okay. um uh but I for the first time I'm like involved with um from the very beginning like script wise before they've even found a director which is just such a weird concept um and um like developing and producing and stuff like that which is really exciting and also kind of unknown for me because I've never really been involved that early on. I'm much more of the like, they know when they're starting. Right. I'm, you know, like a normal kind of uh, way things work really. But I think, yeah, anyway. So it's, um, so that takes up a lot of time, but also it's really exciting. Um, and I don't really, I weirdly ended up working a lot of last year. Um, and so I'm now like, I just want to, yeah, I want to know what I'm going to do next. If that makes sense, like I want to. Yeah. I'm not doing it to go from job to job. I need it, the next one's going to be a move, right? Unless Wait. I get to the point where I've run out of all money, and then it won't be a move. It'll just be a someone. Please help me. Well, yeah, you're 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 betting problems. You're 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 always at the track yeah, the losing gambling. your money. Yeah, the gambling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> motor racing. That I've been betting on. Act to gamble, gamble to act. That's just the cycle. That's, That's how she does That's it. it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have a lot on your plate. You've, you've got, you're basically done with the publicity cycle on this, but you have a dog to name. Um, and she has got a name. I feel really weird about the no mentioning of the name thing. I love it. I don't, it makes me so intrigued. I, now I, it's fantastic. We're going to I wish I could a- take back my daughter's name from the class of the, <laughs> the media, but I can't see. So now I'm going to do it for my dog. God damn it. It's okay. It's okay. It just keeps the mystery alive around Claire Floyd. It? It's why I keep coming back. Um, Congrats. Really cute. Do you want to see her again? No, yeah, 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 please, no, I do, I do. Come here. <gasps> Hello. Oh, it's Scruff of Muffleish. It's, it's, it's Patty. It's, it, if I just, if I guess it, well, I, I'll go through every female name. It's Sally. <laughs> it's Karen. Sally. It's Dolly. <laughs> no. 
She's so cute. She's adorable. I'm happy you're happy. I'm happy you've come around uh, to, you know, it sounded like it was a, it was a journey. It was a journey, but you're good. It was a journey of, you know, not being, of not being massively selfish and spoiled. By the next Um, time, by the next time we speak, you're going to be covered in 12 different dogs. You're going to be the dog lady of London. No, not quite. The one, just the one dog for me. Okay. For life, I think probably this is it. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, thank you for checking in. Uh, you know, it's checking with the secretary on the way out uh, on payment. I will. And um, I and we'll make, and we'll make your next appointment. Okay. Great. Possibly autumn. Yeah. Would be nice. With the work for me. Sure. Maybe in person this time. Don't don't. I'm now okay. now, now I'm, I'm over not gonna... it. I'm over it. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Claire. Fine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good to see you. Bye, lots of love. Thanks for having me. Of course, anytime. See you soon. Thank you for understanding. I've lived 46 years in New York City. I get the traffic. It's all good. Yeah, it is a very real thing. It is. Um, But today, you know those days where you're like, I want it to not be a real thing, but it is. And you can't. We're not in control, Zasha. We can't. Are you good with relinquishing control of your life? Sorry, is this a therapy session? What's that? What yeah. is this? Please. Is this, is this an intervention? What's happening here? Um, to answer your question, honestly, I am not. I'm I'm very bad at that. Um, I yes, love to try and control things that are that I can't. Well, and then make myself miserable about it. You are in control of the podcast. You have uh, you're, uh, an official welcome to the Happy Second Fuse podcast, Sasha Mamet. Um, Thank you so much. So pleased I, to be here. We, we haven't had the official conversation. I don't even know if we've ever, I feel like you're the kind of person, I'm sure you get this a lot. I feel like I know you. I feel like on some chemical bloodline level, we're related. We know each other. So hopefully this conversation cements that. I don't know. I hope, I hope so too. Um, I, I do get that a lot. Uh, we just talked about that on, on Drew Barrymore, which is why I'm late. Um, but yes, also people, um, who don't know me think they know me, but they think that I'm someone else. Like they think we went to camp together or college or like we were in the same sorority. Um, and they like to fight me on it. Have you, (laughs) I'm like, no, we weren't. They're like, you're in, you're not. Right. Do you go down the uh, the IMDb resume and be like, what, what do I know you from? Well, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. And that's just a- so here's the thing about that. It's you're really playing with fire when you go down that road. Normally, I'm just like, no, I didn't go. I wasn't in cabinet with you or like I didn't go to Northwestern and pledge signify in 2018 with you. That didn't happen. And then if they really drive it home and they're like, I know you from something every once in a while, I've been like, I'm an actress. And they'll be like, yes, what do I know you from? And I'm like, I don't know, like, have you seen girls? And anytime I have ever done that, they're like, no. And then I'll be like, cool. And they'll be like, what else? What else would I do? And then I start listing. And literally this happened to me recently with this like older woman in, in, um, on this road trip. My husband and I were in this random state in the middle of nowhere. And this woman was convinced she knew me. And finally, I was just like, well, I'm an actress. She's like, yes, where do I know you from? And I started going to, I literally listed my entire resume. And she was like, I must be thinking of someone else. I was like, cool. <laughs> Have a great day. This just did a wonder for my ego. Yeah, ego boost for everybody. Oh. I'm going to go cry in the bathtub now. <laughs> where is, 
Okay, so where is home now, Zasha? Are you, or do you have multiple dwellings? Um, are you, where are you? That's a great, that's a great question. It's one um, my husband and I are currently <laughs> trying to answer. Um, we have been transient for the last, it feels like two years. We're very lucky to work during COVID, both of us. Um, but we were in Pittsburgh for a number of months. We were in Los Angeles for a number of months. Um, we have literally been on the road, uh, for a very long time. Home is technically upstate New York, but we have not, we, we've now been there for the last couple of weeks, which has been nice and like are there for a little bit, but the travel begins again. And what, and what is with, so when, when I Google Zasha Mamet today, I get the, the, the first hit is that you're like living in bunk beds with Kelly Cuoco and getting tattoos and like, <laughs> what, 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 what is the truth here? What is happening? That, that, that's correct. <laughs> this is the rare <laughs> case where, the weird, you know what they say? Like, don't believe everything you read on the internet. This one, when they got it right. Kelly Cuoco. Yeah, no, do it's accurate. <laughs> um, it's not a bunk bed. So I guess that's the one thing they got wrong. I, 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 um, I, I, yeah, no. that's my you fanfic. Figured, yeah, yeah, you were, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. You made that up. That's yeah. cool. Um, although if I pitched that to Kaylee, she would be like a thousand percent. Although I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who would get top bunk. Are you top? Yeah. Top bunk. You, I, I would never do top bunk. I would be but constant, why? constant fear of death, constant fear of rolling over and dying. And but that's I, why you have the thingy. I, 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 I don't, I don't know what the bunk bed technology is in 2022. When I was growing up, it felt precarious. Are you like that aggressive a sleeper that you're gonna, like dream and like hitch yourself over the boundary of a bunk bed? Even if there's a point zero, why do I even want to play with this? The point zero zero two percent. You're like sleeping in the sky. You're like floating. I mean, who doesn't want to sleep in a top bunk? This podcast ends now. Thanks for coming by. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we're yeah okay. That's, this is obviously a triggering topic for you, so we'll yeah. put that aside. Um, we're not sitting in bunk beds, but basically short of that, yes. Um, I, Kaylee and I were, cl- I mean, we became close immediately, but season one was like much more of a breeze than season two. And um, life and also just uh, like logistics of shooting season two, like it was just, an intense scenario and you trauma bonding is a very real thing and we also just doubled down on our love for each other because um I brought my horse to her barn and so that's not a metaphor that's not a metaphor you literally brought a horse to her barn. no it is not a metaphor and what would that be a metaphor I don't know (laughs) (laughs) um not a metaphor literally brought my horse to her barn Mm. and um the horse girl connection is like a very uh it's very real it's very deep it's hard to understand if you're not in it um it's yeah my my poor my poor husband he tries tries very hard but um yeah so we had that so we really just like we just doubled down on our best friendship and then uh my husband evan was working so he wasn't in la with me for the last like three to four months of shooting and um, I moved in with Kaylee and then neither of us went to college and we went from living at home to living alone to living with partners. So we've never had a roommate that wasn't like a husband. Right. Um, 
And so, yeah, our whole cast made fun of us a lot. And they were like, you guys are basically living your college experience. And what and what about the aspect? Of, is it so? Is it about you need to like brand your friends? You need to mark them and make them cement their friendship with you via a tattoo. Like, what's the? What, do you do you have tattoo matching tattoos with all your best friends? Like, how does that work? Yeah, no, I force them to tattoo. Like each one gets a number, <laughs> and I'm like, you will. I went too far with that. I just fine. It's my fault. Um, I led you astray. If you did, indeed. Wow, that was is that, dark. Is that, well, is that well thought out? Is that like a, a drunken night? Like, let's get tattoos or is that? No. Um, well, no, I'm, um, I'm like definitely very laissez-faire when it comes to permanent ink on my body. I for sure overthink every other decision in my life. Um, you know, like, which brand of raisins do I get to put in a salad? Well, I'll be in that aisle for 15 minutes. But like, if you were like, do you want to meet up and go get a tattoo? I'd be like, totally, let's do it. And then I just decide, like, I I don't know. We were visiting on our drive home. We um, road tripped home from California to New York. We road tripped out and then we drove back, my husband and I, and we stopped in South Carolina to see friends. And another friend of mine lives there and does stick and poke tattoos. And we all went to go get tattoos. And I was the last one up. And she was like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. Give me five, five minutes and I'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little, uh, I guess one could say reckless about that. Um, it's funny that like the most, the thing that you cannot take back, I'm like the most chill about. And, but then they're like the raisins trip me up. Um, it's not going to land you in the in the Jewy Hall of Fame. This is not necessarily. Oh, look, I'm already. I'm not even up for nomination there, like ever. That's just. I mean, I'm covered from like. If I weren't an actor, they'd be. It would be everywhere. Right. Um, no, when my dad saw my first foot tattoo, he was like, "Is that tattoo?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay." And then I was like, "It's all over. That's it. Done." <laughs> now you Door might as well closed. get all tatted um, up. Yeah. I, but I don't know. I love them. I think, um, you know, I have a lot of tattoos that people are like, what's that for? And I'm like, I'm not, I just thought it looked cool. Um, and then I have a lot that mean a lot to me. Like, I think it's a really interesting way to commemorate an experience or a friendship or, and, um, we got, Kaylee and I had our first one together because the costume department on season one had all done Mr. Robot together. Um, so they'd been a unit for a very long time and they all had tattoos from that. And so at the end of season one, they were talking about all going to get flight attendant tattoos and Kat Thomas, our season one costume designer had designed this really cute, like little paper airplane. And Kaylee and I were like, well, we want to come. So that was the first tattoo we had together. And then we say about our friendship that it all started with a boop because the first time we met was our chemistry read. And she booped me on the nose. Like the first thing she ever did in the first scene um, was like, she just touched me on the nose. She was like, boop. And then I swatted her hand away. Um, I'm literally saved as boop in her phone. It's all very <laughs> cute and stupid and like um, adorable and makes everyone cringe. Uh, and we wanted to get this tattoo forever. And then there just was never really time. And we went through this crazy season two and we lived together and basically became a married couple. 
Um, and then I was out in LA a couple weeks ago during press, living with her, obviously. Um, and the night before I left, she was like, I have a little surprise for you. Um, we have to be somewhere at five. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm like the easiest person in the world to surprise. You can literally get anything past me. Um, super gullible, just so I had, I don't know. I had no idea. Like I genuinely was like, where are we going? Um, and her cousins, one of her cousin's best friends is this amazing tattoo artist. And so Kaylee had scheduled a tattoo session. So we finally got our boop tattoos. Does it literally say boop? It does say boop. We made sure to pick the font very specifically. So there's no confusing it. Understood. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. There was a moment where we were like, um, the, the um, tattoo artist printed it out backwards. And we were like, oh, that, that could be cool. And we had, and then we were like, nope, abort mission. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> different different message, different, different relationship. Arm. Um, so yeah. So let's, let's get some of um, the biographical important data out of the way. Obviously everyone's upbringing is un unique, but I am fascinated um, by like how much time you spent like on film sets, in the theater, um, is that like, do you have a memory without that in your childhood? It was just part of the experience of growing up? I really don't. Um, it's the majority of my memory as a kid. Um, and I'm, I think this, I can't remember a time that I didn't want to do what I do. Um, and I mean, it's, I've always said like, I wonder if I grew up on a farm in the middle of the country, if I, I mean, if I still would have wanted to be an actor and there's, right. obviously there's no way to know unless someone invents time travel and I can live a different life. Um, maybe Elon Musk, who knows? Um, but yeah, it's, I have this like very vivid memory from, um, a very early age and it pretty much all consists of being on movie sets and in theaters and like I used to um have this like very vivid memory of being with my mom in a theater when she was rehearsing and I would so sanitary I would crawl underneath the theater seats and I would collect like all of the trash that I could find um, and gum and just like literally any anything that was available to my tiny grubby hands and I would put it in a bowl and then I would go into the green room and I would find whatever liquids were in the fridge and I would mix them all together um, and I called it spoolabash soup. No idea where that came from. Um, and I tried <laughs> And to um, this day, there's the legend of the the gremlin of that theater that used to collect discarded oh, yeah. gum. And... Well, then I would go up to everyone, you know, little like four year old me, and I'd be like, "Do you want some spoolabash soup?" <laughs> and like all of the actors, or like you know, the poor assistant director who already is like, "Please, someone, just kill me! I, I hate my life." <laughs> I was having to deal with this four year old and being like, "Hmm." this is delish. You know, it's like milk and orange juice and like someone's unopened, you know, leftover beer from the night before. And then just like gum and candy wrappers. Um, 
And yeah, the, some of my earliest, happiest memories. And you said, this is the life for me. I want to be here. Oh yeah. I was like, that's it. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> this is it. How was your child, when we're going to get to your, your comfort movie, how was your childhood taste formed? Like, you know, was it through your parents? Was it through friends? Do you, did you have a, who would you say your biggest influence was in terms of film or theater or TV? Or did um, you find it all on your own? No, I, I wasn't that resourceful. Didn't find it on my own. Everyone needs guidance, Josh. Okay. Except when it comes to Zasha finding discarded gum in a theater. Well, I mean, it wasn't that hard. Like <laughs> it sh- I was at the airport the other day and I dropped my bag. We were at like a, we were, my husband was getting a beer before we got on the plane and I went down to pick up my bat and we were in like a nice bar at the airport and it was covered with gum. And I was like, we live amongst heathens. What is happening? Who still does that? Like, this is a bar. Adult human beings only patronize this place. Never look underneath, never look oh underneath anything. That I is the lesson here. It was an accident. It was an accident, but still. It's in your um, DNA. So, no, uh, I didn't find it all on my own. Um, it was sort of a, it was a team effort, but, you know, I spent my summers um, in Massachusetts staying at my grandmother's house. Um, and my grandfather was a playwright. My grandmother was like a great lover of theater and old film. And she didn't have, I wasn't allowed to watch TV, like real TV growing up, but she didn't have the tele, like she didn't have cable. She had a TV that you could play, it's like whatever basic cable was, you know, the news station, and then you could play videos. And she had this collection of VHSs, um, and they were all probably pre-1960. Um, and that was really what I had available to me to watch. So um, I would say that was sort of my earliest influence was just being a bored little kid and like wanting to watch television right um and all i had were like carrie grant um you know spencer tracy audrey hepburn movies available to me and i fell in love with them i mean some of my favorite movies as a child were like um roman holiday and the philadelphia story and like i would she only had maybe 15 or 20 of them so i would watch them on repeat right um and i I think that that was maybe sort of the first real influential moment of um, something that started to mold my taste, as you say, that I fell in love with, um, I mean, great filmmakers and also exceptional, strong, witty, wild female leads. You know, like I grew up watching Barbara Stanwyck and Katherine Hepburn and Lucille Ball. And I was like, these women are awesome. And I, I remember specifically Barbara Stanwyck. I remember watching her and just being like, someone who's that strong and witty and can be that grounded and also that funny at the same time. I was like, I want to be like that. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that was sort of my first taste. And then obviously, you know, um, my dad was a, was a huge influence on the movies that I watched and, um, and I was just surrounded by like interesting, cool adults that, um, because I couldn't watch TV and everyone that I went to school with was talking about the Simpsons. And I was like, 
I don't get to watch The Simpsons. So I'm not allowed and I have to go to bed before it's on. Well, I got to watch something. Right. Um, and so, and I was super, like I wanted to, I was very hungry for content as a child. So I read a lot and I watched a lot. Um, and, well, you, uh, because you're a pro, you've, you've found a good segue into your comfort movie. Because when you talk about strong actresses that can be dramatic and funny and just have a unique presence. I mean, Baby Boom with Ms. Diane Keaton fits the bill. This is a movie I don't think I've seen. It's so, and it's funny, when I was looking at the map, a uh, math rather, um, came out 87. So that means 11-year-old Josh Horowitz saw this movie. It was probably not meant for an 11-year-old boy, but I remember enjoying it and I need to revisit it now. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, I kind of would challenge anyone to not enjoy it. Fair enough. Like, for those, how do you, yeah, yeah, how yeah, do you yeah. not enjoy it? For those that don't know, some, some broad yeah. strokes. Okay. Um, this is from, at the time, I believe, the husband and wife team that was Charles Shire and Nancy Myers. Charles mm-hmm. directed this one before Nancy started her own amazing directing career. Um, and it stars, as I recall, a kind of like quintessential um, businesswoman in New York City, hard driving, right? Who, through a tragedy, has to take care of a relative's child. Is yeah. that is it, right? She like acts, she gets a call late in the middle of the night from some, you know, it's the call we all dream to get from like the great, great uncle you didn't know you had who's left you his billions of dollars. Um, and her greedy boyfriend is like, well, obviously she's like, oh my God, remember so-and-so? And it's a bad connection. And they're like, we're coming tomorrow, meet us at the airport, we'll have your, and she's like, oh my God, amazing. Whatever he left us, his estate in, you know, whatever, the Scottish Isles. Um, but it's just a feel, it's a toddler. Um, so she, yeah, she inherits a toddler. Um, and she's ruthless. Like, right. they call her the dragon lady. You know, like she's, she's about to be made partner at her advertising firm. She is not a mothering bone in her body. Her outfits are actual perfection. I want to own everything she wears in that movie. Yeah, she's, um, cut, she's cut from like that. Now, as you describe it, she's like cut from that same cloth of that same era of like the like Sigourney Weaver character and like working girl, oh, right? Yeah. Totally. Take no prisoners, just like the, yeah. the, the, the shoulder like, pads, right? The yeah. shoulder pads and like the camel colored coat and the big belt and just like the ease at which they walked in those high heels. I mean, it's so why why this is not if i'm doing the math right this came you were not a child when this came out you came to this later so yes, why no. and how I wasn't did this born yet right. i was born in 88 so i was a i was a star in the sky when this movie came out that sounded totally modest i was trying to make like a stupid stork joke <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean it like came out as a real narcissist there the truth um, coming out yeah the truth is coming out. Did you Google me in that came out? <laughs> epic narcissist. Um, I don't, I honestly don't remember the first time that I watched Baby Boom, but I definitely came to like those. That's one of my favorite genres and eras of movies. Like that really well-written 90 minute rom-com. 
that yeah. is also saying something about humanity, you know, like the, and obviously the ones they like persisted, I think very much into the early 2000s. And I think it's sadly a genre movie that we're not making right now, which no. makes me so sad because I love them so much. Um, and I think, I mean, I think Baby Boom is a perfect movie. Um, I think it kind of, it kind of has everything. It's real and it's funny, but it's feel good. Um, but I don't remember the first time I watched it, but I've seen it a thousand times. Um, and I think I just kept going back to it for all of those reasons. Like Diane Keaton is fucking brilliant in it. She's pitch perfect. Everyone around her is amazing. I mean, Sam, young Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard as the vet, right? With her when she wakes up and she's crying to him about how she's just having this really hard time. She's passed out because she's had, you know, she's moved to the country to change her life, to be with this baby. And it's all gone to shit. And her pipes have burst for the umpteenth time and she just can't take it any longer. And she passes out and she wakes up in this doctor's office and she's like, you know, pouring her heart out to hot young Sam Shepard. who's like, crooked toothy grin and then she hears a fucking horse neigh and she's like what is that it's, like, it's my next patient I mean it's so brilliant like you can't get any better than that and then obviously they fall in love because they have to and they live happily ever after and um I mean to be essentially it's a really funny uh zany feel-good movie about the fact that this woman is told she can't have everything and she is like actually that's not true i can um it occurs to me it's funny as you were describing sam shepherd this was like the test run for nancy myers on like the keanu reeves doctor in um <laughs> something's gotta give yeah yeah that's very true right <laughs> um oh my god the two of them the two of them in that movie so Okay, I was watching that movie. My husband was away. It was the middle of winter. I was alone in our house upstate. And I was like, I need to watch something. I was just like, it's winter and I'm depressed and everything's horrible and it's cold outside and I'm alone. And, you know, like there's nothing in the fridge and life sucks. Um, And I was looking for a movie and I was like, oh my God, I came across Baby Boom. I was like, I'm going to watch Baby Boom. Um, and I snuggled up with our dog Moose and I was like, um, and I'm watching baby boom and I paused and rewound and I did a little video of that scene. Cause I was like, this is one of the most brilliant scenes in movie history. Like it's actually comedically perfect. And I posted it and I was like watching my favorite movie of all time. Diane Keaton is a genius. And Diane Keaton slid into my dms stop it stop it this is the goal this I is what it's all been building stop. to i will not stop because it happened she sent me this is all she had to send me a single heart emoji <laughs> one single heart emoji and and i died and um wow i'm now coming to you from the other side diane keaton's social media director is really good the way that they just like divvy up out the what i yeah i felt i don't think i've ever felt so special in my life i literally was like i can i can go now like it's i mean where do you 
I don't know. It's all have, been done. Also have you fun. have you met her? You're a fancy lady. You you know the big time movie I'm stars. I'm a fancy. I'm a fancy lady. Again, when I googled oh you, God. it said it said fancy I'm gonna lady. I'm going to tell my husband that you said that because we went to an Olivia Rodrigo concert last night because I am unabashedly obsessed with her. Although couldn't really hear her sing over the screaming of the 13 year old girls, which I did not realize was going to happen. And then we got there and I was like, oh, right. No, it was actually incredible. It was amazing to watch the effect she had on the crowd. But as we were getting dressed to go to this concert, which was at 8 p.m., which may as well be like midnight in my 90 year old. I was like, it starts at eight o'clock. Um, I got dressed and I was wearing jeans and a hoodie and a leather jacket and my sneakers. And he was like, babe, you're gonna wear a hoodie. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be cool. Like, I'm like, I'm like, like, I'm gonna be cool with the, like the cool kids. And he was like, or you could like put on something nicer than a hoodie. And I was like, no, because I'm like, cool, babe. And we showed up and everyone was fucking turning it out in their like cute little Olivia Rodrigo out. And I looked like a 12 year old boy in yeah. my hoodie. You were like but Justin Bieber from like 2015. Yeah. I'm Justin Bieber from like yesterday. <laughs> but yes, also 2015. Um, but I'm going to tell him that you called me a fancy lady. You are. That just made me feel good. It's funny um, you say that. Cause I, yeah, I, I wore a hoodie the other day to an interview and I was so self-conscious. I was interviewing like the, the, the fans, another fancy lady, Claire Foy. And all I could think about the entire conversation is I'm wearing this like weird green hoodie trying to be a child. So I'm glad that we, we share. Yeah, the, all right. We're, we're in it together. Yeah. I love Claire Foy. Oh dear. She's the best. She's actually a fancy lady though. Cause she's, 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 she's a, she's body and fun. I don't know if you've experienced her. She's the best. You'd love her. Body and fun. Yeah. What a vocab word. <laughs> she's cut from that. Like, you know, the Emma Thompson cloth. No, like, I, those I, Brits, I, no, I understand all... where you're going with it. I didn't go to college, but I, I am aware of words. You graduated sometimes. from the school of hard knocks. <laughs> the time is Hello. flying by, Zastra. We haven't even talked. I mean, we talked about the bunk beds with Kaylee, but we yes. should give some love to your uh, amazing show, The Flight Attendant, season two. Um, so congratulations. This is a delight. This is like a delicious show. It's like a delicious gift to the world. It was certainly the first season and now season two. I mean, you must be so pleased just on like a, a selfishly actory level, not only do you get a best friend in Kaylee, uh, uh, Kaylee Cuoco, but like that quote unquote best friend character, as you know, can sometimes feel like there's not much to it and there's not really like enough meat on the bone, but like you've already gone through it. You had the arc in season one and now you're like in a really interesting place in season two. Um, it was, it yeah. was definitely a special experience. I mean, I think um, something incredible about our second, I think so, uh, when you have a hit show, it's so exciting because, you know, it's so, you never know. You can work your ass off on something. You don't know if it's going to be good or not. You hope that everyone loves it. You hope it turns out well. And to have everyone respond to season one the way they, they did was amazing. Um, and then we all were like, what are we, how are we going to one up ourselves? And then when we started reading the scripts, one of the things I loved so much was that they really turned it up to a level with like all of the insanity that is the thriller um, encasing of our show. But I also felt like the writers delved so deeply into the personal storylines of each of the characters. And I was like, oh, speaking of meat, like they're really giving all of us more to chew on this season. Um, and 
and it felt like it just opened up our show in a totally different way. And um, Dennis, who plays Max, my fiance, um, and I got to do a lot more stuff together and a lot of stuff with Kaylee, which was so fun. Um, so yeah, it was a total dream. And then I'm acting with my best friend and, um, and every script I read, I was just like more and more excited. And um, we got to take part in a lot of like the crazy action this season too. Um, there was some running involved. There was some car stuff involved. There were some fake punches, Ooh. you know? Yeah. You're ready for Fast and the Furious. That's that's I mean, the, that's where Vin started. Um, does it feel like apples and oranges too? Like obviously every show, every gig is different. I mean, the the girls phenomenon, I feel like you guys went through every iteration of like you were on top of the world, adulation, let's tear them down. Let's bring them back up. Let's tear them down. You know, it was like you went through every cycle over a few years where like flight attendant feels like it's just, it's it just like, there's none of that baggage to it. It's like, just like, enjoy it. <laughs> Don't like go crazy with the think pieces guys. Is that, is there a bit of a relief where it doesn't have that kind of, I don't know, associated angst? I mean, you know, that's the nice thing about being an actor is like, or maybe it's just me. Um, I sort of forget that people watch what I do I think it's maybe a protective function it's probably um, for the best yeah no for your own psyche it's probably for the best you know like it's I whenever I'm working on something I'm not like it never it doesn't really occur to me especially when something comes out and people are like we love the show you hope people say you know or they're like hopefully not throwing tomatoes at you in the street do people still do that um uh, yeah yeah anyways um yeah I feel like I kind of uh, I've always sort of shut that off. Um, and I don't, um, I don't really like to read reviews just cause I feel like, uh, uh, everyone has an opinion and like, it's not necessarily gonna help me to know. Um, my dad said something to me when I was very young, he was like, um, the good ones will never be good enough. And the bad ones will be the only thing that you remember. Saw that Jenny too. Got Jenny fan in there. Um, but it's funny. It's like um, obviously, I think Girls was a show that was pushing boundaries a lot more. But like from my experience, um, I just gravitate towards and want to be a part of projects that are fun to make, and I think are telling a interesting, hopefully entertaining story. And I steal this from my husband, but he says that he does what he does because he thinks storytelling makes people feel less alone, um, which I feel like at its core, it, whatever iteration that is, like writing, directing, acting, whether it's through the written word or film or theater, like whether it's escapism or it's giving people something that they feel like they can see themselves in and identify with, and it's all just, yeah, it's making people feel less alone. And so I think that's what I keep coming back to. And the way that people receive what I do is like something I kind of try and keep. I mean, obviously I want people to love it and I want to yeah. be a part of things that people don't hate or aren't like, oh my God, how dare you? Um, this is offensive to me. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, I think it's something that I definitely try to separate myself from because innately we're we're making something that anyone can watch and especially in this day and age have an opinion about. Right. And so I think if you allow yourself to internalize that, then you're just like never going to leave your house. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I, as I said, I think it's the healthiest way to go. Uh, I'll let you go on this. I'm curious and excited for you that you are writing not one, but two books, according to the trades, as they call it. Oh, um, is that what they call them? That's what they call them. Fancy yeah. ladies, fancy lady signs, two book deal. That was the headline on deadline. Um, <laughs> what, what's the first one about? The first one sounds like it's food related. So my ears perked up on that. You're, you're welcome back to talk about that one. The first one is food related. It's called My First Popsicle. Um, if we can stay on track, we are hoping that it will be out uh, this fall. And it is a compilation of essays from a bunch of really fascinating, amazing people that I somehow convinced to uh, write pieces for this book. And it's an anthology. Uh, the marketing team at Viking came up with uh, an anthology about food and feeling. So basically I, I hoodwinked all of these really cool people into writing essays. And I was like, write about food and emotions and like whatever that means to you. There is no word count, which everyone hated. <laughs> um, go. And I got back this uh, insanely amazing eclectic a uh, compilation of essays all the way from someone writing about their memory of their grandmother being baking these very specific cookies to like, uh, you know, someone's relation to food in their body to, um, you know, historical things about, about someone's family. I mean, it's, it is so varied. It's insane. It's everything that I hoped the book would be. And it just, uh, everyone's essay like I, I kept getting them and being like this one's my favorite no this one's my favorite um and all of them are so some of them are so funny some of them are like so heart-wrenching um and everybody really pulled out all the stops and went like very very deep um and I would say we have about 50 essays about half of them have recipes um which we had to hire a recipe tester for I was like wow that is a job that is a job that someone does. That's crazy. It's a dream. Yeah. Um, she had a lot of questions too. And I was like, okay. Um, she's like made them and then tried them and then was like, we need to change this. Um, so that is the first book that I am super excited about. Um, writing an anthology, editing an anthology is no joke. It's, uh, it's sort of like hurting feral cats, but the payoff is very exciting. Um, and then the second book, it will be a book of um, just my writing, which is exciting and, um, you know, just slightly petrifying all at the same time. Amazing. Amazing. Well, congratulations on everything. I'm glad um, we found time to catch up. I'm glad the traffic waned on this crazy New York day. I'm excited that I get, well, I guess the next step is we're going to get tattoos, right? Where, where should we go? What should we get? I, yeah. I don't have any tattoos. What's my first tattoo? Oh, we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. You and I are cut from different. Maybe we're not related. Never mind. I take back about, everything I said earlier. How about I pick it out for you and we get it in a spot where you can't see it and then you just never know what it is. <laughs> um, let me get back to you. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'll give you like 15, like text after this. Like yeah, I'll yeah. hang up and I'll call you back. Okay.
Yeah. Okay, cool. Gotta go. Um, <laughs> uh, Zasha, it's been a pleasure. Congratulations. Everybody should check out Flight Attendant Season 2 on HBO Max. Woo! Woo! Thank you. Thank you for indulging my woo. Thank you for having me. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> 